All right, what's up? It's a Real Deal Podcast with Maddie Marshall. This is part two, and man, really happy to have uh, Kevin Brettauer from Tampa Bay Damage and also Rusty Glaze from San Diego Dynasty, two of the best in the business as far as helming big-time, gigantic, successful pro teams. So you really can't get better info on what's going on behind the scenes with these teams and also how these guys look at the game. So we're three events in, and... Kevin, you guys are got two second places and uh, didn't really do as well as you wanted to at the, the last event in Chicago. Uh, rest of you guys are sitting two wins and a second place, best that Dynasty's done in years. And I just kind of wanted to touch base real quick about, um, I mean, do you feel vindicated at all? Does the team feel vindicated? Last year had a pretty rough year. It wasn't complete disaster. It's not like you guys were taking 12th place or anything, but you know the team wasn't winning PSP events and underperforming i mean yeah it's 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 exciting that you know to come to be able to come like i kind of coached at the tail end of last year we didn't have the world cup we wanted to have which i thought we were playing good but just the way it laid out we didn't we didn't make it to the next round so i was kind of motivated to like i think you know i can coach and and do well so it's kind of cool to come and be able to and, and catch some wins and and do well i don't think other teams looked at us like I guarantee in Dallas, no one was like mapping every one of our games. Like I mapped all of Damage's games because they're really good. Yeah. You know, and I mapped a couple other teams, but no one was mapping all of our games. They just probably assume watch them before we play them, and it will probably be all right. Maybe now, probably teams are looking a little more that, at us. I would hope so. I mean, I feel in the beginning probably we just flew under the radar. Everyone was like, you know, Impact built a super team. Ironman put together a super team. Heat won three events last Kevin year. Kevin is now coaching damage, yeah, so that's a major plus. Like, there's all these things that are building, you know, where people are putting the focus on, and we kind of just slid right by. And that might have been a good thing for you guys. Yeah, I, mean, I like that position where no one's really paying attention, and then you can come out on top. Yeah, but now it's the opposite. I mean, heading into Chicago, uh, you know, with the two wins that you guys had, and and really good wins too. Those weren't like you weren't just eking your way through. Um, though damage had a real good. You guys came back uh, in uh, at MAO Mid Atlantic Open and made it pretty close towards the end, mm-hmm. but just didn't have enough at the very very last part of that match in the finals. Um, you can also go to the uh, go to the website and uh, you check out all the games on demand, so you can see these final games that these guys played and t- pick them apart. They were good games too, but. Uh, but now everybody's gunning for you guys, and so I, I really, I mean, unless you're a complete fool, uh, there's no way that a you sh- if you play in the champs or challengers league and you're one of those teams that is trying to be one of the best teams in paintball, they should be watching you guys to see what you're doing right, and and if you are going to be matching up you against you guys, then they absolutely should be watching your games to see what's working for you guys out there, because there's a lot that's working for you guys. How do you feel about some of the other teams in the league that haven't quite had the year? that they wanted to have, like Impact, for instance. You know, Impact, pretty awesome roster. Uh, still, obviously, you know, they could win an event. They could win the next event. You know, they could win the World Cup. Who I, knows? I, I think Impact specifically, I mean, people are like, oh, they added these people. Well, that doesn't happen right away. There's no chemistry. The Miami Heat didn't win the first year they all went together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took a year. Like, and they added three guys. Like, mm-hmm. that's... That's a bit of that play a lot. Like, I mean, that's a huge difference to a team, especially for a team that has mostly been together for a while now. So I think 
that's, they have some chemistry issues and learn and a learning curve, just like I do with damage. They're new guys. Like you, get, you get used to them and you figure them out. So yeah, I don't think they. I think they've had a, a great year. Like they could totally underperform. I don't think third is underperforming. I think, I think it's it's solid. I don't think it's they're super happy, but I don't think it's underperforming. They, I I'm just saying they haven't won a tournament yet, and I guarantee you, if I had one of those guys sitting down here and said that, they'd be like, "Yeah, man, we put this team together to win." Now, I totally I do agree with you, hundred percent. I mean, that is without a doubt. Yeah, man, it takes time. I mean, especially when you're adding kind of, well. I mean, you almost get to you take a player by player. I mean, Justin Rabikoff's actually having a great year. You know, he's one of the G rating leaders. He's killing a ton of guys out there. He's you know he's doing what J Rap does, which we didn't really see him do on. I mean, he had good. He was a G rating leader for damage too, but a lot of critics were saying, oh well, it wasn't the J Rap that we saw play on the Russians. It was on damage. Now he goes to impact, and I think he even himself probably admit he's having a better year this year than he did last year. Uh, but they have when on a team like that. I mean, if you were coaching that team, talk about a lot of weapons and where to put them. That's kind of confusing, almost. You know, it's like they got now they got Morehead playing the snake, and he's playing great in there. And then they have you know the two Justins, Justin Cornell and Justin Rabikoff, that are both weapons, and and the rest of the the crew. I mean, they have a lot of good players on that team. Well, when we if you look back on Paintball Access, when we made player picks, I picked. JC as my snake guy, Dave as my back guy, Justin as my J Rab as my overall player, and Greg as my Dorito player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is last, I mean, the end of last season. This was before they even put. It was a week before they announced all these players on that team. Maybe Bart just read it and was like, "Yeah, that's yeah, it. that's yeah, what I'm gonna yeah, do. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. Yep, good, good picks, Rusty. I totally agree with you. Let's get those guys on the team. When it rolled out, I was like, that's interesting. Those are all the guys that I thought, you know, played positions well. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, Greg Sewers had an outstanding 2012. Another one of those guys that had spent a couple seasons where everyone was like, man, this kid is so talented. Everyone seems to like to work with him. And, and, uh, but just hadn't really had that breakout performance. But then last year for Infamous, he was just on fire. What, What killed them when we played them in the last event, like I mapped out, like I do a lot of detail work. And then I spread it out over, like, habits and stuff. And then I could see, like, they go with these guys and these guys do these things. And when we were out there opening the book, I wasn't opening up our game plans. I was opening up theirs. And I'm like, okay, here's that exact line in the order. Here's the roster list. These guys do this thing. So we really had direction of where to point the guns and where they were going to be. So I think they're still trying to figure out. They had, they seemed to go deeper on their roster this time than they have before, but some guys played more than, than others, and they were still trying to figure out how to, like, make that rotation work. Because mm-hmm. it's hard when you run guys more, you know, because it's if, – if you're running a guy a lot and then he, like, can't play and you're trying to squeeze in a guy that's cold, you got to find a balance in, like, mixing it all up. Yeah, and Dave hasn't seen a ton of playing time this year, probably the least amount of playing time he's had in a long time, but the field layouts haven't had a back center. But he he's one of the top ranked guys. You know the the points that he's playing, he is contributing. Um, I mean that could be a factor on if you know their performance. If a back center gets dropped in there, now maybe Dave's shooting a guy on the break, and that changes a lot of points for them. Yeah. So that could be a, a, a game changer. I think with them. Dave specifically, there just because he's not playing doesn't mean he's not helping. Like I mean, Dave is. I mean. Bart's been around for a while, but I'm pretty sure Dave's right in Bart's ear, helping, <laughs> like who to play, like all that kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the main reasons that Bart wanted Dave was to to help 
like as a you know old veteran guy that can help you win, and which he, Dave has done a lot. Oh, like, I mean, so you could look at Dave's past ten years. He's and I, I've said this anytime I'm talking about Dave and we're kind of characterizing him. You have to bring this up because you could look at Dave's career the past ten years and make a solid argument. He's had the most successful career of a professional paintball player in the past ten years because. You know, I'm thinking about when he first came up, played for Avalanche, day one. Then he goes to Excessive, and we won with Dave on Excessive. Then he goes to Dynasty, did well for Dynasty, they won. Then he, after that he goes to the Russians and has a phenomenal run with the Russians, and they win world titles. And then after that, goes to Damage, he wins with Damage, and now he's on Impact. You know, it's like he's definitely got that magic charm, man. And it's been over and over and over and over again. It's not just one or two things here. Yeah, he's either really good at picking the team he plays on, (laughs) or uh, he actually helps the team he's playing on. And I think it's uh, Probably a combination of both. Yeah, Yeah, I I played with him on Excessive. Yeah. He's, He's a powerful player to have behind you. Sometimes too powerful. You're like, where are these guys? Yeah, because Dave's just putting everyone in all the time. Well, we talk about when we talk about back players or just any guys in particular. When we're talking about the gunfight, and you know, Kevin, you were a back player, and Russell, you played a lot of positions, but you also, you, you know, this is kind of one of those things. But we talk about pressure. You know, I remember the first time I did jujitsu training, and I was with a paintball guy that I knew up in you know Rich Telford's area, Modesto, and the, you know, and the guys they train with up there. And so I rolled with him a little bit, and he and he was like. He's like, oh, you know, like, oh, you just submitted a purple belt. I'm like, yeah, thanks for giving, you know, giving it to me, you know. Appreciate that. Uh, Stoking my ego a little bit. And I was like, well, seriously, how did I do? He's like, honestly, you did really, really well, but your pressure is shit. And I didn't understand what that meant. And, and, and I'm like, well, what do you mean about that? And he's like, get, you know, get on your back and get in guard. So then he gets on me, and he's a big boy. You know, he's pushing two, 215. You know, and then he was putting all of his weight on me and it smothered me and it really kept me from doing anything at all. He's like, that's pressure. You know, and so when you're a back player, you're in a gunfight. I mean, there's, you're not just shooting your paintball, as we all well know, but you're not just shooting your gun at somebody, you know, just to shoot them. And what are you, what's your objective there? But with those really big guns in the back, the guys like Dave Baines, he exerts a lot of pressure on people and which lets your front players do what they need to do. And that's, that's something that I think is important, you know, like tam- damage is good at that. Damage puts a lot of pressure on guys. Um, I think I think this is easy. Uh, front guys feel safer when the guy behind them shoots more than anybody else. And talks team. a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're so really call, loud. We call it blindfolding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and totally. you do two things. One, you make your front guy feel better. Two, you up your odds of hitting someone, even though your actual percentage of shooting someone goes down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, the paint's free, so I always tell people that. I'm like, well, why Why do you have pods left? I don't understand. Like, I mean, <laughs> you didn't pay for it. You got like, paint spots for a reason, winning? man. Use it. So, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I told at, at one tournament, didn't you carry like 17 pods or something? No, way sort of? more. <laughs> I think it was 24 was the most I carried, and I shot the whole game. And and you know what? I was like, why not? I can still look around and talk while I'm shooting. Like, I never understood. Like, I never understood when I watch these, like, division. 114 cubic Yeah, 114 tanks. tanks. I don't understand when these, I look at, like, especially divisional guys, and I look at them, and they put their gun down and then talk. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> like start shooting, and then you just go even look over there. Yeah. Like, you can't, like, I don't understand. Like The guns I, are race cars. They pretty much shoot themselves. I think you should shoot the whole game. Like, unless you're crawling to the next spot in the snake or going to the next three. I mean, why not? Like, I mean, I, I don't understand it. Like, that's one thing I just don't get. Like, I try to 
instill that in the people, but it is impossible. Like, I'm, I don't get it. Like, they're like, well, run out of air. I was like, get a bigger tank. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, but that's, yeah, I mean, it, Dave's, he's a huge voice. He's a great organizer behind the scenes. He's good at getting players on your team, too. I mean, he's good at ev- all those levels. Like, he can help you negotiate a contract with your sponsor. He can go and get cherry-picked players off teams. He's going to play great for you on the field. He's going to help you come up with game plans. Like, he's going to do all those things that helps a team on and off the field win events and win tournaments, um, win championships. So, I, yeah, I, I think that impact, I think it's just a matter of time until they win. I mean, obviously, they're getting far into the events. It's not like they're getting blown out and having to play in relegation games. I mean, if you look at where they, they've gotten to third, they lost the damage at Dallas, they lost the damage at MAO, and then they lost to us at the last one. Yeah, there's no, yeah. And then and season-wise, we're in first, damage is in second, and they're in third. Yeah. So they've only lost to the teams that are sitting above them right now. Yeah. So they're right there. Yeah, that's I, I just it's a matter of time. I, and they, you know, they I think that those guys too have been around so long that just like you said, it takes really it takes a lot of time to. I mean, a lot of people that see those moves are like, oh, they're gonna dominate this year, and yeah, that's always a possibility. But yeah, it totally makes logical sense if it's gonna take them a little bit of time to get their feet underneath them. But, um, but they're definitely a favorite to win any event. Um, speaking about another team that is playing relegation games and having to fight for their lives a little bit more and, and way more inconsistent than damage is infamous. Now, I, I, what do you, Rusty? I mean, you you played with that team for years and knew a lot about them. And SK, I mean, you, you helped coach Infamous for a little while too. But everybody knows. I mean, we're all buddies with all those guys. What do you think's going on over there? Um, they they don't one they don't really have a, a deep roster anymore. They lost Greg, and then they kind of picked up and moved some guys around. So they're not very deep. So you'll look at their their stats, and you'll have guys like Damon Ryan that played a lot. Justified, but he's playing good. I think he's only sat something like four or five points this year. Mm-hmm. But that, that wears on you. On You know, you're playing a tournament. You're not playing to win a match. You're trying to play to win the tournament. So you're good one match, but you're not the next, or you know you don't have the depth to go through the whole tournament. Have you speaking of just real quick? Speaking of Damian Ryan, have you guys watched him play all those games this year? I mean, Jesus Christ, dude! Talk about somebody having a year. Regardless whether or not the rest of the team is playing well, he always seems to be playing well. Yeah, this year. I played. I played with him one event when we picked him up for World Cup with Infamous when I was on Infamous, and I was like, this guy's really good. I thought that then. I told a couple people, this guy's going to be, he's good now, and he's going to be really good, consistent, and he's pretty smart. He just seems like another one of those guys that, and we sat him in the hot seat for the last event, and and I asked him these questions, and I was like, you know, you've always been talented. You've always been good, you know, at paintball. But it was like you were more of a missile. You know, it was like, let's send Damien up the center, or let's send him to go attack, or, you know, Damien wasn't playing a very super diverse game. Well, that's that's my big joke with with him, because when I played with him at World Cup, like, we won some, like, low-body situations, and we were calling it the slow play. Like, everyone's running around, and we're just, like, holding it down. And I was like, the slow play. So our joke when I see him is, like, the slow play. And I was like, dude, you would like it over here on Dynasty. We enjoy the slow play. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's an asset for them this year, man. He really is. Um, you know, in the top five overall for the year, uh, way up there in the G count, killing a ton of guys. I think what's tough for that team overall is they're, they're – bound by emotion they could be the best or they can be the worst it's they're on like a roller coaster from match to match you know they could come out and just smash a good team yeah or they could come out and lose to you know a team they shouldn't lose to 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's another one of those teams that could win an event, though. I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've got a great roster with experience. They have some dynamic players on that team. I mean, we were we almost lost to them in Dallas. We had that crazy game anyone could watch oh, on at Dallas with Infamous where yeah. they were pretty much going to the finals and we weren't. Dude, you want to watch the most... I would. I might say that might be the most exciting game of the year. You want to I've watch had people watch that and they're like... I tr- like if I know they haven't, they don't know the result, you know, like my family or someone. I'm like, you should watch this game here, and they'll watch it, and they're like, man, you guys are getting destroyed. And then like, holy shit! Well, the crazy thing about that was that when you look at the stats on a team coming back from down three points, it's not good. There's been a couple actually three point comebacks this year, so it's it's skewing the the stat a little bit. Um, but it's still around 92 percent of the teams win when you go up three points, and. Uh, but we had everything going against us. Yeah. I think we were trying to come back, and we got penalties. Yeah, it was like trying to come back, time. got penalties. I think they, I think they helped you out in the end and got some penalties. Of yeah, they caught a penalty at the end. But you know, Cali. we even yeah. then we still should have went to an overtime. I mean, we scored a point in twenty three seconds. It was just everything. The wind just started blowing our way and not theirs. Hey man, what's the oldest paintball adage ever? I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's you guys are both that day. That's the start of their year, and they're they're. Uh, a hair away from yeah, you know, playing they, for first and, and second. And that could have changed things up drastically. They could have been in the finals playing for first and second. But instead, they, that's not the way it was, and you guys ended up going in instead. And, and you know how that that's another thing about teams learning to win. Um, yeah, it's like some of these lower-ranked teams, and you know, it, it just takes some time to figure out, like, I don't know if it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's confidence, it's experience, it's... But it, it, you know, like when going to Europe was always a good thing too, because you could go to Europe and well, they won the last one. Yeah, and they so won. Yeah, I've, so. I'm a big believer in winning in bunches, because mm-hmm. of its confidence, and then you're still like, yeah, let's go to practice again, because we won the last event. Like not like, oh my god, again. Like so, and they of any team, they they've done it like three times. Yeah. Like where they win like like two of those Chicago ones and mm-hmm. then two like they do they're really good at streaky because they're, 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 yeah, like, yeah. exactly. they're a momentum based team so yeah. they're strapped to the emotion so if they can catch that high but they're on it feel that invincibility they're on it right they're on now. it right now yeah because <laughs> they, they came like, off London they're right they did win that event in London yeah. the only thing was that was a little bit of a hybrid line because they had Thomas playing I guess Tom, I guess, and apparently Thomas had a really good final game and shot a ton of guys I have a feeling uh, Bobby and Damien had a really good event as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did catch a little bit of the webcast, but I mean, I didn't get to watch every game, so I'm not quite sure. But I mean, you know, Bobby was our top gun leader for two events, and he lost. He's actually got some penalties and dropped down a little bit for this last one. But I mean, you know, look at that lineup. I mean, Callie Rudolph's great. He's consistent. He's little. He can play everywhere. Nikki Cuba's one of the clutchest guys in the game. Uh, I mean, they've got. You know, some younger guys that are good, too. Damien's having the best year of his career. I mean, Drew Templeton can play the game at mm-hmm. the highest level. Yeah, I mean, got a I think we, we practice them more than anyone. Uh, so I think I know their team pretty well yeah, at this point. True. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they have all the tools. Like, I think they, they're just, they have a hard time, like, getting it all together at the same time. Like... And and they and they do sometimes, but sometimes they don't. Like that's why they kind of like you're like, oh my gosh, they might go down, or or you know they'll be like, oh, they're gonna play for the finals. Like, yeah, it's just it's always entertaining to watch them play, though. Yes. you never know what you're gonna get out of Infamous. <laughs> like, oh, Infamous is playing. Who knows what's gonna happen? Could be a bunch of penalties. They could smash this team. Could lo- lose a heartbreaker. Win a heartbreaker. Who knows? 
What do you guys think about Vicious? I mean, they took fourth at the last event. That doesn't surprise me at all. Because I've always thought they were a pretty solid team. They had, like, they never made too many mistakes. They're, they were always lacking, like, a little bit of front guy production. Like, I mean, they did okay, but they weren't great. And the thing they didn't really have was someone to organize them. And whether it was perfect organizing or not, every team needs that. Yeah. Like, and you'll notice all the teams that are not as good don't have coaches or have coaches that are inexperienced. So, I mean, Todd knows what he's doing uh, and uh, picked up two front guys, weird. <laughs> Who played great. And played played within themselves, mm-hmm. and then they did fine. Like, it didn't surprise me at all. Like, I mean... Yeah, that Munoz kid, He, I mean, for his first time out ever, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he played pretty well. You know, I mean, he made a couple mistakes here or there, but for, you know, yeah, being yeah. in the show, I think he stepped up. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good group for him because... He can capture all their attention, and, and they'll buy into you know what he's putting together, and, and he'll ride a high emotion of getting those guys pumped up and make them feel like they can do, you know, play beyond their own levels. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good group for him. Whereas his time with Infamous was, you know, I'm talking about Todd. Yeah, yeah, sometimes Todd had his clashes with certain guys, and certain guys were near a peer level with him. Whereas on Vicious, there's no one on that team that's on the same level as Todd. Yeah. And I think I think it goes with any sport. You can't coach the same team forever. You wear on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, every coach, even, it doesn't matter who it is. That I mean, Phil Jackson didn't coach, coach the Bulls the whole time. Yep. Like, I mean, you, you, you get to a point where you're like, oh, this isn't working anymore. They're not <laughs> listening to me, or I'm not listening to them, yeah, or, or something's wrong. Like, yeah. and yeah, and it's a few the, years. The magic alchemy yeah, of there's the, a lot of elements. Yeah. It's like maybe you know to be a consistent team, it's hard. You know, maybe the next event they're not as motivated. The layout's different. This happens. You know, who knows? Yeah, no, totally. But when you look at vicious, you could almost say because. You know, remember in interviews, Rusty, we talked about this, that you could, obviously it's much more complicated than this, but you could break down Dynasty's success this year into three basic elements. One, the new guys are playing great. Tyler Harmon had a good first event. Spick is playing great for you guys. Blake Yarber is getting some good points in. Uh, it, it is that, you you know, the young guys are performing the way they need to perform. Mm-hmm. The veterans, they're having a great year, too. Oliver Lang's playing great this year. Best year he's had in a while. Ryan's phenomenal. Yosh, he was the MVP. Alex was an MVP. Like the, that's, and you're doing a great job of guiding the ship, dealing with your talent, coming up, you know, making making them stay on task, making them stay motivated, making them go the extra mile to fulfill the level of talent that they embody. Well, you could flip that over to Vicious at the last event, and the younger guys played great. Their core played great. I mean, there was like uh, they had a game. I think it was against the Ironman where uh, uh, Saucman. Sherman and Bortle combined for 23 kills, mm-hmm. you know, and so Todd's doing a good job of guiding the ship. The young guys that they brought on are playing well, and the core dudes are believing in the system and, and starting to really elevate their play beyond the pretty good play that they had already, you know, so it's... Yeah. Now now the target's on them, though, too. Yeah. You know, like, you've, it's it's weird to say, but sometimes you, you're like, okay, we should beat these guys, and I feel like the teams that they play with in our bracket were probably like... Early on, oh yeah, you know Ironman. We're like, oh yeah, it's vicious. We should handle these guys, and they didn't. And vicious handled them. Mm-hmm. Now teams are gonna be like, well, these guys made the top four. We really got to plan on playing these guys. So it gets harder for a young team like that because now people got to take you more serious. Yeah, 
Well, it's just one of those teams with a lot of upside right now. I mm-hmm. think they yeah, definitely, definitely got a lot of upside. So Todd's done a good job. I mean, brought them out of the challengers division and into a top four. Yeah, I mean, making a top four is not not right now in these brackets. That's tough. There's no, there's, no, I mean, the Champions League is no joke, dude. Like, top ten teams at any given time, like, there are no gimme games. Like, it's tough out there. People are like, who's in your bracket? And you like lay, lay it down, and they're like, dude, that's tough. And you're like. Look at the other bracket. Different than the other bracket. <laughs> yeah, look at the other bracket. <laughs> it's, like, yes. yeah. it's not like I would like swap this for that or whatever. It's, it's who knows. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. We think about the Russians coming back in. They smashed people in the challengers division. Yeah, I think they were um, angry. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like it. <laughs> you know, they're they're they've been a great franchise, and then they got bumped down. It's pretty cutthroat. They got bumped down to the challengers and just destroyed everyone and, you know, coming right back to the champions division. Well, they, they uh, I mean, historically, they are the most successful PSP pro team ever. They've won three titles and they've won 10 events. Yeah, there was one There was one year, I think their their game record was 30 and three. And they won three out of five events. And they lost three matches the whole year. So it was like oh six. Yeah, and, they, and the guys on the team now, but they're in a rebuilding stage. It was interesting to listen to Wheeler get interviewed because, you know, obviously they were furious about getting bumped down. But after it was over, Wheeler said in his interview, he's like, probably the best thing that happened to us because it forced us to go. They went to they went from two lines to one one hybrid line, and then they also kind of had that gut check moment where they realized like, hey, nothing's get you. There's no gimmies anymore. And you got to go earn it every single, like you said, to start off the podcast, like you're only as good as your last event. It was interesting, though, that they dominated everybody. The only team they didn't dominate, and it was a very close game. And in fact, if that other team had done a couple things differently, it probably would have won was against Royalty. Like Royalty, I, I didn't, I mean, I, you know, obviously any team that Shane captains, Shane Pestana, you know, the best coach ever, is always a team that you kind of like look at. But I mean, you, I don't know, you, I you, think, I think. There's a couple guys that don't aren't like I'm sure the Russians a lot against a lot of those uh, challengers teams were like oh my gosh this is the Russians. There's a couple guys on that royalty team that are like I already played the Russians it's no big deal yeah. like Toke and Cece yep. and uh, I'm, I'm and then Shane like you can't scare Shane no. so I mean like between the them and and then some of the other guys have played a long time on that team like John John's played for a long time and, and they then, have some good guys like when I was coaching the Ironman I really wanted to pick up Danny on their team like and he said no I was like I want to pick you up I wanted to pick Toke and him up and he was like no I can't do it and I was like that sucks yeah <laughs> yeah like damn it <laughs> but uh whatever like I mean it's good good for them though I mean I just I think that I, after watching him play the Russians because Shane I talked to Shane in a you know we had like a five minute break in between games and Shane came up and I was gave him a hug and seen him all that and I was like hey you want to get up and do the webcast and he's like cool he's like oh my guys are oh no he texted me because he was super stoked he's like my guys are can't wait to play the Russians like they're they're just jonesing for the opportunity and you know so they sure enough they played him game was seven to five and royalty made mistakes earlier on like Shane actually had a mistake with his gun. There was a couple like just little stupid things here or there that they just needed to fix, and and uh, and he was so pissed when I saw him afterwards. But the Russians were this close away from getting to spending more time down in the challengers division because they slept a little bit on royalty. But dude, royalty has the they have three brothers on the team, the Vitalich brothers. They're all real good. Tokes, he's good. Cece's good. 
obviously Shane, you know, can't ask for a better guy to coach your team. And then, and, and, and Shane was telling me that all the guys collectively think John John's the best guy in the team as far as his like field awareness and what he does in situations. And John John had some really good points. So I, I mean, I don't think they're ready to win a champions league game, tournament yet, but you give, you know, talk about a team that you give a little bit of time to develop, like, and give them some confidence. They go play the Russians and almost beat them, and maybe they get a couple more events in. And I think they had a hard time too because they played a lot of divisional, like Division One last year, so they didn't really get to face tough competition every match. Like, and that's tough when you play like one team that's just terrible, and then the next team you play some team, you know, like that Top Gun team the next time, and then mm-hmm. so that it, it goes up and down like what you're playing so far. Like now this Challenger division will help those teams improve like yeah and i think that that i mean that's why that that exists you know mm-hmm. it's a buffer between the division one and when you look at that team or that that division i mean excessive has been down there all year and they didn't w- win a game in the, until this event until right? this event and you know we got thunder stuck down there cp's heading back down there uh 187 you know i mean it, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's one of those things that you know i mean if you're looking at a team like Royalty, who almost beat the Russians in a big game, and they're one of like the quote-unquote lower-ranked teams down there, super inexperienced, like, dude, that's a that's a division now, you know? So, and you give it a little bit more time to play itself out, and you know how it is. I mean, you go and play better competition, and you get that confidence, and you get that understanding of that no bullshit, like, here's where we are, here's what we need to improve on, and you get that litmus test. It could make things really interesting in professional paintball, you know, So which mm-hmm. is why it's exciting to watch now you know because it's like dude you never know what's gonna happen now i think that i think that's like for them that's what it is like i had that one game where i played like i was on the diggers and we played aftershock and that was the first pro and that was when aftershock like had won the last like three world cups in a row and they were the best like and i was like okay i was like and i never cared and i was like i'm just gonna shoot these guys i don't care i went out shot seven of them we lost the game, but at that point, I was like, I'm just as good as any of these pros, if not better. Mm-hmm. Like, so from then on, I never cared. Like, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm good. I, 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 I belong in that division. Well, you had destroyed that mental block. Yeah, you know? and, and, and even though royalty loses, they still gain way more than, the, than they lost. Like, because then they're like, seven to five, we make ch- change these mistakes that you, you talked about. They're in there. Yeah, like then they're in the pro, they in the pro, uh, you know, or in, the, in the championship division. division. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, so I think like every team needs that, and players need that individually. You know, like that's it. Yeah. So. Um, kind of want to touch on your guys' history just because that's what we do on podcasts. You know, we have a little bit of chance to talk about things and um, before we end the day, but because uh, a lot of people don't know. You know, they may hear, maybe they just got in it, they hear the name Rusty Glaze or Ken Brethauer, and they know you guys coach these powerhouse teams, but they don't know where you came from. It's not like you guys just, you know, got called up by your drinking buddy down the street who's like, hey, I got a pro paintball team, you know, we need somebody on the weekends to come out and, you know, tell us what we're doing. That, that's, what happen. happen. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened to me when I coached Infamous. It was uh, Travis's bachelor party. And happen. then, uh, I don't know, I don't know who it was that tricked me into it, but, like, I was, like, done. Like, I was done, and I was retired, I was done. Like, I think I had a hand in... You, and LB, and, and Travis, and uh, JR, all 
all tricked me into, and then about, I, was, I was like, oh, what happened? Like, oh, you, oh, you don't remember? Oh, you said you're going to coach us. Oh, my like, God, what did I say? Oh, geez. Yeah. First so. of all, his first, second event coaching us costed us $2,500 on a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, all right. It was Story a costly time. coach to start out. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was. LB was bad at me for a long time. But Did you okay. spray LB with the fire extinguisher? No, no, absolutely Paxson, not. Him and Paxson got into some mm, incident. Yeah. But it was a $2,500 fire extinguisher. Yes, it was expensive. Those are gold well, it was fun inside of it, it or fun, fun times yes. back then. <laughs> and Infamous was a fun-based team, so it wasn't like... We hate you. It's the end of the world. It was, you know, whatever. Let's go play the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> we still did well that event, yeah. though, I think. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, Kevin, give me a little bit of rundown of where you came from. I mean, you're so, well, you're both Southern California ballers from back in the day, but, I mean, a lot of people maybe don't even know that you were one of the main players on Dynasty for years and played for Bobby's team back in the day, Bob Long's um, on and Well, I, Southern California was really hard for a long time because there were, no good amateur teams, I feel like, for the longest time. Like, there were none. There were some pro teams. There were lots of pro teams. Like, but there was no, and it, but it was impossible. Well, that's because the pro teams. pro teams cannibalized all the good amateur teams. Yeah, but like, more than anywhere else in the country, like, Southern California got terrorized the, the all the good players. Like, yeah. and for a while it was happening again. Like, but now there's that the pro teams have kind of moved away. Like now there's just Ironman and Dynasty. Like for a long time, Infamous was all here too. So like, and half of excessive. And, yeah, like yeah. I mean, it was just tons of team. Like, so there were no good amateur teams in Southern California. I think that's starting to change, finally. But uh, but I started with. Uh, uh, actually, Brian Cole. Brian Cole and I are the only ones that are really from Southern California that ever played on Dynasty. All those other guys are transplants. Every single one of them. That is so true. I will second that. <laughs> because they always like to say they're from San Diego. Not from San Diego. They're all NorCal people. They're all hippies and stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, just so to make it clear, Brian Cole and I were the only ones from down here. And we were like all played. So... Brian and I had our own team that was called Crusade that did, uh, was it was really funny. So I went and played with the NorCal kids, Brian and I did, at one World Cup. And so then we came back and I told my amateur team, Crusade, if we play the first PSP, I guarantee we will win the event. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's amateur and stuff. I was like, we will win the event. I guarantee it. We went to Vegas, won that event. Like, uh, And then we went and played Great West. I played Great Westerns with the Iron Kids. I won three events in like two weekends in a row. Like, it was amazing. But, so Brian, Brian was always so young. Like, I was kind of, I don't want to say I was in charge of him, but I was in charge of keeping an eye on him because mm -hmm. he was a little bit of a troublemaker and his mom <laughs> would ask me. But... And then at some point, some of the, I think, I believe Ryan and Yosh moved down to go to state, San Diego State, and, uh, and so then uh, Alex and and then uh, Oliver. Oliver came down shortly Johnny, after that, Johnny and Johnny came yeah. down, and then Angel never came down, but I mean, Angel's someone that people forget about on Dynasty, like, yeah. I mean, if you want to ask uh, Alex who he might have learned the most from, it's probably the guy. Yeah, and, uh, and, the, in my opinion, the best snake guy ever, uh, from what I've seen. Yeah, so not a bold claim, man. Yeah, so that, was legit. that transitioned from they moved down here, and then it sort of transitioned from just real quick, a brief little 
information about where paintball statistics came from the very first time we ever decided like when i was like well shit we're doing a tv show and it would be good if we had statistics to kind of back up what i'm saying up here was at that smart parts championship and uh angel was just destroying people in the snake that event and so i hit nikki cube up and i was like hey do you want to come up here and just stand next to me and just on a clipboard just put a hash mark down every time angel for goes to shoot somebody in the snake i think we can count kills and he was like i'm down and so he stood right next to me and he just counted Angel's kills. And that's where paintball statistics came from, was from Angel Fergoza destroying people in the snake. Sorry, but I just had to put that out there because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, people forget about paintball history and he's one of those guys that people need to remember. So, like, it transitioned, like, at some point I played on, after Crusade, I played on Diggers for an event and then it turned into Out of Control and then it turned into Cap Factory. But really, it was all the same, pretty much the same people. Yeah. And then. Cat Factory turned into Dynasty, like, and that was almost all the same people, like, yeah. and so it was Ryan, myself, uh, Alex, Angel, Johnny, um, Yosh, Yosh, Opie, and Rodney, and Chuck, and uh, and Brad. For that was that was the original Dynasty team. Wasn't Sonny Lopez on the team too? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot Sonny. Yes, yeah. Sonny was on the team too. There, that was when I was ten man, so I think we I think we had eleven. And you were known as the like the really awesome, fun, really good at paintball, but fun also. But you were you were the really good back guy that was one of the only people that could check these young kids because they were really good at what they did, but you'd be able to come off and be like, You messed up and you messed up and this is what needs to happen and like so it's not surprising to me that ten years later or thirteen years later that you're coaching teams now, you know. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting on Dynasty. Like, I mean, like there were certain guys that like always got. I, I don't want to say this, but like all the press. Like, I mean, Oliver, Alex, and and actually Ryan didn't get any for a long time, and he was just as good as everybody for the whole time. But like Oliver and Alex got a lot of it, and uh, and I was like. I always thought that was odd, and I was like, they're not even the best guy on our team. <laughs> like, like, but like, and then people forget, like, we had those veterans on the beginning of Dynasty also, like the Rodneys of the world. I mean, he, was he at the highest technical skill level? No, but he had done, he had won tournaments, he'd lost tournaments, he'd done everything in between. Like, and the, that's why that team started, is because of people like him and Chuck and things like well, that. And Rodney was a, a big-time player for years, too, because when I came up in the mid, early to mid-90s, Rodney was already a big player. He played yeah. on All-Americans, and he was a SoCal dude, played on GBD, which was a great team back in the day. Like, you know, Rodney had already had his, his stripes, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, he was already a big-time old-school vet and playing for 10 years by the time Dynasty began, began you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and then it, it went from that, and then, uh, this sounds really odd, but it it began to get, like, I played for I don't know how many years on Dynasty, and then it began to get really boring for me. Like, we won the event, we won the event, and then, like, I really got no joy out of doing it anymore, and I hadn't finished school, so I was like, oh, I'll go finish school. And I was just... Di- I started playing worse, and then I was like, oh, I don't, and then... Your heart wasn't in it anymore. No, I lost it, and then, and I think most of the guys on Dynasty would uh, agree with you, like, once you lose that, then you, uh, it's over, so, like, I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go finish school, so I went and finished school, and then, uh, and then at that point, it was Travis's bachelor party, and then they tricked me into coaching Infamous, <laughs> so I coached Infamous, and then, and then Dynasty, like, 
all my, I don't want to say better friends, but I'd known them longer, and they were all like, well, why aren't you coaching us? Like, and I was like, well, they asked me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, well, I guess I'll coach you. So, like, I called LB and whatever, and and then it was, so I coached them for a couple years, and then, uh, and then I got into law school, and then I was like, I can't coach you anymore. So, uh, and then they were like, oh, no. And then what are we going to do now? And I was like, you'll figure it out. Like, I mean, so, uh, and then uh, and then the law school thing didn't go as well as I wanted. And then uh, Billy tricked me into coaching the Iron <laughs> So You just getting hoodwinked left yeah, and right. Like, so Billy's like, why don't you come? And Billy and Miko were like, come coach us. And I was like. Okay, <laughs> like so, I ended up coaching them, and then I ended up getting a job with them through Die, and then, uh, and then uh, I moved on to my next thing, and then, uh, and then uh, Joey called me, and, he, and actually, actually before that, Jason uh, had come out for like a photo shoot, and he talked to me a lot about you know team the stuff team and, and what what he thought they needed to improve and stuff. So you know, I talked to him a bunch, so I knew Jason. A little bit and then uh, Joey called me and then I called Jason and stuff like that so then that worked out and I'm not in a position at this point I'll ever do a rebuilding team I don't that's not I have Over no rebuild like when like Rusty says, so you wouldn't take Todd's no not Todd's job because they're definitely not rebuilding but you wouldn't like go coach say the Russians right now then because they're rebuilding a little bit um probably not just because like yeah, and then like I knew some of the guys on damage, but didn't really know them. Like, but when Rusty's like, "Oh, you got to get guys points and stuff," yeah, I don't care about that. Like, all our guys are there; they're all professionals in every way, and there's nobody that I feel bad about. If I sit someone, don't care, don't feel bad about anything. I, they're pros, just like in the major league baseball. If you get sat, it's because someone is playing better than you or whatever like so it's just the way it is it's the way it's it, it's a, there's no well, but that's interesting though yeah yeah no feeling well it's just interesting because some coaches don't think about that think about it that way but you are coaching Tampa Bay damage you know i mean i i could totally see your logic and i agree with you you know i mean and i'm not always right don't get me wrong don't get me wrong i mean rusty will admit that as a coach you see your mistakes far more than as a player like I mean, you're like, oh, that was a terrible choice. <laughs> but like, shouldn't have, sent you, shouldn't have started yeah. that guy. But as long as you're out of two out of three, you're okay. Yeah. So, but you know, are you ha- are you happy? Or do you, yeah. I, I think. Are, do you do you find fulfillment in coaching teams? Do you do you enjoy still being involved with the sport this level? Yeah, because I mean, like in the Ironman, it was when I coached them, it was sometimes frustrating because like we would be so close and then we just throw a grenade on ourselves yeah. all the time and I was just like oh my god but to be honest I mean that first event we threw grenades all over ourselves like and got a bunch of majors like three majors and a minor like how are you going to win in the finals with that like I mean <laughs> like and it, like I was just like oh. but the second event it was fine I mean it was cool and then this last event we just didn't play well so yeah. I mean there's no excuse for it but I mean I don't feel embarrassed by saying we lost to impact or heat i mean yeah they beat us and then yeah i would have liked to beat them but i'm not embarrassed by it yeah no and you shouldn't be how how, do you, how is the team mentality heading into west coast event four weeks out i think i think it's fine i mean i think joey said it best and he was like well we played terrible we're gonna have to start tr- trying different things and doing different things to whatever we need to do and i kind of agree with joey on that yeah. so and i think it gives 
I've always felt that losing in practice is way more helpful than winning in practice, and I felt at the last, before the last event, we won too much in practice. Well, that was like, <laughs> I mean, didn't you guys get rolled up by the Ironman before you won Dallas? MAO. MAO, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I had heard... They tweaked us up pretty bad. Yeah, people coming, coming back from that practice were like, oh, dude, did you hear what happened to Pendleton this weekend? And I was like, was there a fight? Like, what happened? They're like, oh, dude. Dude, Dynasty got murdered by the Ironman. This wasn't even guys on the Ironman. This was just dudes that were watching from the sidelines, like divisional players. And I was like, really? And I was like, well, what happened? They kind of explained it. And then and then even, you know, Ryan, you know, Ryan was you know, like, yeah, dude, we got destroyed. And uh, But then I was also like, well, you know how that goes, man. I mean, we've all been a part of that before. Mm-hmm. You're ass whipped to practice and go and stomp everyone out at the tournament. And that's a story often told, you know. Well, because you spend, you spend the next... If it's the weekend before the tournament, you spend the next five days just dwelling on every mistake you ever just made. chomping at the pit to get back out But if you just, you just have a winning streak and you do well, then you're like, five days later, you're at the event. Everything's working. Like, yeah. that's, that's the way sometimes it happens. You're like, oh, man, no matter what play I do, it works. This is amazing. <laughs> and, and then you get to the event, and you're like, what happened? Like, you know, but when you lose, like, I feel like you're like, oh, okay, well, we adjust this and this, and then, you know you know like you you already you already lost those points you know what to do yeah like it's hard to do it's hard to when you beat someone up really good it's hard yeah well i don't know i mean it's damage dude you know I, you're a great coach team's full of stars I, you know it's again it's like impact it's a matter of time before you guys win one it's just you know when it's going to happen is when everything coalesces but it's always entertaining to to see what's going to happen with all these top teams but so rusty where did tell everyone how you got your start i mean it's Kind of a um, cool story. You know, you're another SoCal dude. Yeah, I mean, I always played in SoCal, and I, I played in the Great Western Series and, you know, grew up playing around a lot of these teams and practicing against them, and then I kind of got recruited by a lot of teams at the same time. Yeah, he turned Dynasty down in the beginning. <laughs> just, just I did not turn go. Dynasty down. They never asked me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I remember when you came up, dude, and we were like, oh. I would have played. They were cap at the time when I went. Pro, they were just turning Dynasty right around that corner. Yeah, around the same time. Because SK, you were at the, there at the start of Dynasty, and that was two thousand, right? Was the first year? No, two thousand one. Was it two thousand? Two thousand was still cap. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. You're yeah. You're right. And but then, I went to an Ironman practice with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Image hit me up. Like Richmond wanted me to play, and then a couple other teams found out the other teams were hitting me up. They kind of like hit me up blindly, like. And this know, was two thousand one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I worked with Steve Rabikoff at Diablo Direct. Mm-hmm. So he had like a pretty heavy arm on putting the Monday through Friday pressure to play with Avalanche. Yeah. And you were, uh, you know, SC Villa's local. Yeah. And I'd gone to an Avalanche practice a year before and played like good points, played good games with them. Mm-hmm. And then they never called me back because Glenn Forrester was like running the team and he didn't really have a lot of interest in having me on the team for whatever reasons. And I think I think that's that's a at that point that team was all loaded and it was yeah. like we don't have time to rebuild like, right. to build a guy yeah it would have been like thirteenth yeah. guy on the team yeah yeah and that was, like, that's, that's was fine really to me good. I just wanted to go to their practices and shoot free paint because I was buying my own paint so <laughs> anytime you can get yeah. invited to a, a pro team practice oh, those, back when you're amateur oh, you're like those, yeah I'll be there yes yeah, so yep yeah, of course I'll be there I'll take your free lenses yeah. and uh, any handouts and your free paint yeah and they always shot good paint like imperial like, yeah compared to paint. yeah yeah yep. You're shooting like twenty dollar a box, like white box stuff, because yeah, you're stuff. playing every weekend, and then you go out there and there's stuff crystal perfect, super round balls. Everything's just bright as hell when it breaks. And I remember actually I was at a 
out of practice at Velocity, and, and Shane Shane Persona actually approached me, and he he said he would buy my flight outright to go play with the Ironman in Chicago, and I was playing on Check It Factory at that time, and I didn't want to leave my brother and the team, and it was a week it was a weekend before the event, but he's like, I'll buy your ticket right now, and you can come to Chicago with us. But I ended up like going with Avalanche. Rab was you know became a good friend working with him, and then. He's like, just come out to our practice and see what, see what you think of the guys. If you don't like it, don't don't come play. And then I went to the practice, it, which they called a tryout. I don't know. I figured I could play with them if I wanted to or not. But I went had a good had a good tryout. And then I liked a lot of the guys: Brian Fowl, Travis Lemansky, John Richardson, which are like ended up being some of my lifelong hey, friends. Anyhow, that was a I mean a bunch of awesome dudes. I'm still great friends with all those dudes i almost played on avalanche after a while you know like yeah they were it was just a, a good group of guys that like when you're at a tournament you enjoyed being around those guys and yeah always an like adventure always yeah always an adventure great team mm-hmm. um just real good camaraderie with yeah, that team and todd martinez was on the team i'd been friends with him for a long time and there's just a lot of guys that i got along with so i ended up playing with avalanche and when i went professional it's not like now where there's like a, a, a lot of turnover. There wasn't a lot of turnover in teams. Like you chose your tribe, right? You joined the team, and then when I got on the team, other pro teams were like, "Who's this guy? Who's 